thank you, David. And uh, they're going, all of these are going to stay and eat with you and share that time. And Janet and I are going to have to leave. We'd already bought our ticket. Found out we got to go babysit grandchildren. And uh, looking forward to that. But real quickly, you're going to hear the shortest sermon Bert Harper's preached since he's been at Friendship. And all the people said, <laughs> get you on board for a start. I want to share this. It's a simple outline, and it is worth writing down. I didn't uh, give it to Cole. I wanted you to write it down, if you will. It's very, very simple. It's, we're going to end up in 2 Corinthians 5.17, but don't turn there yet. We're going to have five, four other scriptures before we get there. Let me make this. It has no title, but I have five points. First point, everybody needs to be saved. Everybody, there's not a single person on the face of this earth that has not needed to be saved or needs to be saved. Everybody. The Bible makes it plain in Romans 3.23. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, all means all in any language. It doesn't mean part of. It doesn't mean some of. It means all have sinned. You and I have this in common. No matter what our ancestry is, no matter which continent we come from, no matter which state we were born in, we're all sinners. And we come short. The word actually means missing the mark. You can't hit the bullseye. You cannot. It is impossible. And so everybody needs to be saved on the face of this earth. That's why Gideon's International exists. That's why in Uganda, the ministry there of sharing Christ is so vital and so important. That's why Friendship Baptist Church is a missional church, reaching out to those around you and even those around the world. Everybody needs to be saved. That, in, that may include you because you've never had an experience of grace of Jesus Christ coming into your life. We're not talking about being baptized. We're not talking about walking the aisle. We're not talking about kneeling and praying. We're talking about a person that comes to the place in their life where they give up on themselves as being good enough, give up on themselves as coming to church enough, and they see themselves as lost. And they turn to Jesus Christ who died on the cross and rose again after he was buried. And we put our trust in him. Everybody needs to be saved. If you've never had that experience of grace, you're in that category. The second thing I want to say is, everybody who needs to be saved can be saved. Isn't that good news? Everybody needs to be saved, but everybody who needs it can be. God's grace is sufficient. Listen to this passage of scripture in 2 Peter 3, 9. God is not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. Again, there's that word, all. It means everybody. God hasn't written anyone off. God hasn't gone through a list and saying, you're saved, you're not. You're saved, you're not. No, God's desire is for every single person on the face of this earth to have an encounter with God where they come to Christ. You say, well, what about those people who've never heard? God gives light to everyone. The light has come through either creation 
our conscience, some light has come to every person on the age of accountability, whatever that is, 10, 12, however old it is, when a person comes to the place in their life where they recognize they need something eternal, they need something in their life, God's grace has been bestowed upon them. Looking at creation, the Bible makes it plain that I preached on last week in the book of Romans that everybody who stands before God will stand before God without excuse. Nobody will stand before God and say, I did not know. Nobody can stand before God and say, nobody told me. You say, well, isn't that an excuse? Well, they may not have, but did you respond to the life that God gave? God gave creation. Anyone that can look at creation and look at design knows that there is a designer, and God reveals himself through design. He also reveals himself through conscience. There is a desire in a person to know good and evil, to know bad and good, to know. So God has demonstrated his love to everyone through some way or some meaning. Last week, I told you, I, I probably used it more than that, but when the Ethiopian eunuch went up to Jerusalem to worship, he heard there was one God and they worshipped him. He went up there. He went away empty, but he had some scriptures from the book of Isaiah. He is reading from the book of Isaiah, and God some way got Philip out of where he was preaching, where thousands of people were being saved, and transported him right there by the chariot of that eunuch and told him about Jesus. When the eunuch asked, is this scripture talking about the prophet Isaiah or someone else? And the Bible says, and Philip began to preach unto him Jesus. Now again, I, I don't know for sure how it happened, but I believe God miraculously took Philip from where he was and transported him right there where he needed to be. When anybody on the face of this earth comes to the place where they need to know more about God, God will reveal himself if they've responded to the life that they've received. The Bible's filled with examples. Everybody needs to be saved. Number two, everybody who needs to be saved can be saved. Number three, everybody who is saved is saved the same way. You're saved by grace through faith. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You can't tell me, well, this church over here says you got to be saved and then baptized and live a good life in order to go to heaven. This church over here says, well, God has already predestined these people to be saved and these people to be lost. What's right, preacher? When you hear all this stuff, let me share with you this. That's what happened when man gets involved. The ends thereof are the ways of death. What does the Bible say? You say, well, they interpret it. What does the Bible say? You remember? You remember the Philippian jailer? He was there. And Paul, Silas was there. They were singing, Paul and Silas. I don't know what they're singing. They, they probably sound like the harmonics. That'd get anybody's attention. Amen. But they were singing. The jailer heard it. Filtered through his ears. Sometimes it's music, isn't it? Sometimes it's just a story. Sometimes it's a testimony. But God's getting his word out there to people who don't know. And he's using you to do it. Maybe a Gideon Bible. 
But God's getting his word into people's lives and hearts. Do you remember what happened then? Earthquake. And all the chains, they were, they were bound in chains. They fell open. The doors opened. The jailer knew he had it. Because the price for a Roman jailer to lose a prisoner was death. He went in there thinking they were gone and he was about to fall on his sword because he'd rather kill himself than have the Romans kill him. And Paul cried out, do yourself no harm. Anybody remember what he said? We're still here. What kind of fool stays in the jail when they could go? Fools for Christ. And he says, sirs, this is simple. This is simple. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Now, how did he know he needed to be saved? He'd heard them sing. <laughs> He'd been hearing them sing about the glory of God and what Jesus had done. He says, what can I do to get what you guys have? What was the answer? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. The word believe is bigger than our word in America, and I admit that. We say, well, I believe so, or I think so. No, the word believe in the Greek language means that you put your trust in him totally. It means to roll over a phone. In other words, let me try to do it this way. I'm down here, and I know where I'm standing is sinking. But if I move up there, I know I can trust it to hold me up. So I believe I'm coming up here and stand on this so it'll hold me up. I trust this. When you sit in a chair, do you see how many legs it has? Four or three? If it has two, you better watch it. And I don't know about you, I milked cows when I was a kid. I did, all the way through high school. The day I graduated from high school, on Sunday, and I had a job waiting on me, my dad sold that cow Monday. He wasn't going to milk it. That was my job. He didn't have that cow so we could have milk. He had that cow so Bert would have to milk it. But every morning and every night, I, I had the biggest, I looked like Popeye. I, I was the arm wrestling champion in Wheeler High School, milking those cows, man. I could do it. But we had a two-legged stool, really. We'd sit on it so we could fall and go away. Four-legged, you couldn't get it out soon enough. When the tail that was full, how many of you remember this? The tail was full of mud and cuckaburs, and they would swish that tail and hit you right there in the face. Has anybody had that glorious experience? You hadn't lived till you've experienced it. The other is, it is zero degrees. And that cow decides to move its back leg and it moves it right on your toe and turns. How many of you have had that glorious experience? What, whatever's in you is going to come out. <laughs> Woo, when that happens, whatever's in you is going to come out. Go find, if you want to know what's in you, go learn by the cocobers in the face and the hoof on the uh, toe. But what I'm saying, I had a two-legged stool. But I had to balance it. It was all mine. But a chair has four legs, and you just sit down in it. How many of you examined your 
chair before you sat down in it this morning. I didn't. I trusted that chair to hold me up. The word is you can trust Jesus Christ to hold you up. He has everything that is necessary to hold you up. There's nothing lacking. There's nothing that, oh man, I've got to manage this. No, he's taking care of it by dying on the cross, being buried, and he rose again. Everybody who needs to be saved is same, saved the same way, trusting Christ. Here it is, number one. Everybody needs to be saved, amen? Everybody who needs to be saved can be saved. And everybody who is saved is saved the same way. You don't need to go and look and say, oh, do I need to go to the Muslims? Do I need to go to the Hindus? Do I need to go to the Mormons? No, go to the Word of God. The Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, trust Him with all your heart, and you'll be saved. Third, fourthly, everybody who is saved can know it. You don't have to wonder. You don't have to, well, I, I think I'm saved. No, you can know that you're saved. Listen to this. 1 John 5, 13. These things I have written to you that you may know that you have eternal life. You know what no means? It means no, without a doubt. You remember when Paul wrote, he says, I'm persuaded that nothing will be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. That word persuaded means without a single doubt. Nothing can separate from me the love of God once I've come into him. You say, what about sin? He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins when we confess our sins and agree with him and turn away from it. Make sure you're saved. But you can know it. I've had to deal with a lot of people say, Brother Bird, I don't know if I'm saved or not. I just don't know. You can know. We, we have that call on a radio program quite often. How can I know? I tell folks, read the book of John and read the book of 1 John. In the book of 1 John, there's five times that, that John says, these things I've written that you may know. K-N-O-W. Do you know that you're saved? Is there a doubt? Well, you can have doubts and still be saved. But what do you do with those doubts? You do these two things. You go back and examine the time when you supposedly or hopefully or did trust Christ. You say, well, I was real young. I was young too. But I know I trusted Christ. The second thing you do is you confess any known sin that you have in your life. Sin separates you from God. Now, if you're a believer, it separates you with fellowship. If you're lost, that sin has separated you with relationship. If you've never asked for forgiveness in your life in order to be saved, that relationship is broken. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you've trusted him and you've let sin come into your life and stay in your life, that fellowship is broken. And you feel lost. The most miserable people in the world that I've been able to talk to are Christians who are out of fellowship with God. They're miserable. They know what it is to walk with God. They know what it is to have a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And now they feel estranged from God because they've let sin come in and take control. But you can know you're saved. I think everybody will have a crisis of faith. I know I had mine. The real severe one. I was in college at Blue Mountain College studying to be a pastor. 
I was having a night class. I was driving home from Blue Mountain to Wheeler, Mississippi, Highway 15, Highway 30. Nothing but country roads. Dark, late. I started wondering, am I really saved? Has God really changed my life? Here I am studying to be, quote, a preacher and wondering if I'm really born again or not. And I came and I started looking and looking at the things that I'd been taught by my pastors, my professors. I came to this two things and it really just changed me everything. There was 350 something prophecies concerning Jesus Christ and his birth, his life, his death, and his resurrection. 350 some odd promises in the Old Testament that was written, at least the latest one was written 400 years before Jesus was even born. Guess how many of those 350 something promises, prophecies came true? Every single one of them. I was an Andy Griffith fan. I could tell you every every episode of the Andy Griffith show. And I could tell you in one show, Barney had a car, and in the next show, he didn't have one. One time, Barney could sing decent. The next time, he couldn't carry a note. They had inconsistencies all the way through. The, one of the greatest shows that was ever written, ever produced. They had so many inconsistencies. Shows like that still exist today. They have inconsistencies because they have different writers. Well, guess what? The Bible had different writers. Twenty-something different writers. But guess how many inconsistencies there are? Zero. Zero. I was driving along that night, and I remembered hearing that at Miracle Camp. I had gone to a camp down in uh, northern Louisiana, close to Ringo, Louisiana, if you know where it is. And we were down there, and when I heard that, I remember hearing that, and I said, wow, that's amazing. And God called me that to my memory when I was driving home that night, and I said, praise God. Then I started thinking about a 12-year-old boy. As a 12-year-old boy, sitting on the third row back on the right side at Wheeler Baptist Church, and God spoke to my heart. He, he spoke to my heart, my heart, not somebody else's, but mine. And he let me know he loved me with a love that was undying, that could not be measured. And I asked him to forgive me and come into my life. And my life was changed even as a 12-year-old boy. I remember it like everything. I was afraid of the dark. But after I got saved, I said, I'm going to give it a test. I got home. The first thing I did was go outside and walk around in the dark. And I said, praise God, he's changed my life. You can know it. Fifthly, let me go over them again and come to the fifth. Everybody needs to be saved. Everybody who needs to be saved can be saved. Everybody who is saved, saved the same way. Everybody who is saved can know it. And everybody who is saved should show it. We finally get to that scripture that I said we were getting to. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. People ought to look at your life and see something of Jesus in your life. I'm not saying you're perfect. I'm certainly not, and I don't expect anybody else to be perfect. 
But I'm telling you, there's something in your life that is more like Jesus today than it was the other day if you've come to Christ. People will see your good works and do what? Glorify the Father who's in heaven. They see you going through struggles. When everything is going right, nobody thinks anything about it. You remember the character Job in the Bible? Man, he had the, he had the best job. He had the best house. He had the greatest kids. He had the best automobile. They didn't have them back then. But anyway, he had everything best. Lucifer went to talk to God and says, man, you've blessed him. Who wouldn't you follow you? And God says, you know what? Job will follow me if you take everything away from me. He said, Lucifer, I don't believe it. He said, hey, you can try him. You can't touch his soul and you can't touch his body, but everything else. If you want to take it away, take it away. You wonder where evil comes from? Satan's, he's the one. Don't blame it on God. Did God permit it in some way? I don't know, I don't know, and I just know that Satan is the evil one. He's the enemy. He's come to kill, steal, and destroy. And if it's killing, destroying, it's him. Steve, you got it? It's Satan. Don't blame it on God. Took away his kids, took away his riches. Finally, he said, skin for skin, if you'll let me get to his body, he'll curse you to your face. He said, okay, you can even hurt his body. So he began to come on his body, gave him sores. He'd sit and use pottery to scrape his sores. They were itching him so bad. Couldn't touch his soul, right? Soul didn't curse, saw, uh, Job didn't cuss God, curse God to his face. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You can know it, and you can show it in the good times and the bad times. When the good times are going, everybody said, who wouldn't serve God? But when you're at the lowest point of your life, and you're still trusting God, and you're like Peter who said, to whom else would we go? You have the words of life. There is nobody else. There is nothing else. You're the one and only. That's when they really listen to you. That's when they really watch you. They watch you when you mess up. Yeah, they'll point the finger. But then when you get it right with God and you start walking straight after you've pulled yourself out of that horrible pit, out of that miry clay, and you're on the rock and you're singing those songs, they say, man, there's something to that. If you don't have that this morning, you're missing out on the greatest thing there is in life. That relationship with God that only comes through Jesus Christ. Doesn't come through Friendship Baptist Church. Doesn't come through being a Gideon. Doesn't come through being a preacher, a deacon, a singer. It comes through a relationship with Jesus when you say, I'm giving up on myself, and it's you. It's you, and it's you only. Would you do that this morning? Some of you, I feel like it's lost. I don't know who you are. You may be a member of this church, a member of another church. You've never joined a church. But you're lost. If your heart quit beating today, you'd go to hell. And in hell, you'll lift up your eyes and you'll say, why didn't I do something? Why didn't I walk forward? Why didn't I talk to Brother Burke? Why didn't I pray with Deacon? Why didn't I talk to Brother Billy? Why didn't I talk to Jonathan? Why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do it? 
all hell is, is a bunch of questions. Why didn't I? Why didn't I? Why didn't I? In heaven, <laughs> we're going to be around Jesus. And we're going to say, how could he? How could he save a wretch like me? <laughs> Amen? How many wretches you got in here? If your hand's not up, it ought to be. He looked beyond my fault and saw my need. Have you done that? Have you saw your need? Get right with God and do it today. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, I thought it was going to be a shorter sermon. <laughs> but Lord, it's on my heart today that there's somebody here that's desperate to get right with you. I pray they wouldn't even wait to the invitation. I pray they'd even come to the altar. They'd go to somebody and say, hey, pray with me. I need to get right with God. Father, I pray they'd do it now. Touch our lives. Have your way. We trust you.